This episode is sponsored by Jared Greer with Guaranteed Rate. Whether you are looking to buy your first home or renovate your current home, go to rate.com forward slash Jared Greer today. Equal housing lender, subject to credit approval. Restrictions apply. NMLS ID 301746. NMLS Welcome to Homecoming with the Downer Brothers. This is Anthony. This is Anton. And we are finally back to making podcast episodes. This is the first one of 2021. Man, let me tell you, the pandemic, it doesn't matter what's going on. You know, filming our TV show, none of that. One thing I really love is doing this podcast. Yeah. And so I'm glad that we're back and that we finally, you know, you know, we up in the level of guests, man. So who, who can you tell who this man is? We have Jamal King. That's right. Nine to five millionaire is in the house. That's right. Make real estate real. So I've been looking at your social media um, for about, I don't know, about a year and a half. I've been paying attention. You know, I'm always looking. I don't know if you ever see me, you know, make any comments, like or whatever, but we're kind of like in the same lane because I'm a Chicago firefighter. That's right. You're a Chicago police. I used to be. Used to be. I'm retired. You're retired now. Retired, retired now. now. Right. Yeah. But um, between real estate and public service, it really yeah. caught my attention because it's like, man, man, we got we we're doing the same thing. We're doing the same thing. Yeah. So we we want to find out, um, you know, just how similar this story is. So as you ask, you know, answer these questions, we'll we'll, we'll truly find out exactly how similar our path is. So um, we because this is homecoming with the Downer Brothers, we always start off by asking you, where is home? Where are you from? Yeah, born and raised here in Chicago, man. South side. South side. Yep. <laughs> Give us an elementary school and a high school. All right. Went to Galisto Language Academy, which is on the far east side of uh-huh. Chicago. and went to Bogan. Uh, yep, went, to Bogan? Yep, went to Bogan High School. Man, we used oh, to play okay. Bogan. So we went to oh, Morgan Park High School. So, you know, we played football. <laughs> and we used to play Bogan, like, at the beginning of the year. So this is the late 90s. So, okay. you know, I graduated in 2000. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm very familiar with Bogan High School. So yeah, so already I can you know the similarities are coming up. Mm-hmm. So when you were growing up, um, what, what what neighborhood did you grow up in? Man, I grew up on the south side on 76 and Hamilton. So Gresham. Yeah, Gresham. Yeah, yeah. All right, cool, cool. So when you were growing up, what was your first exposure to like to real estate, like or, or like? Who gave you this vision yeah. along the way to say, oh, I, I, I can own real estate? What's so crazy, I didn't have the vision or the exposure from nobody in my community. Okay. Right? I grew up in a blue-collar community. Right? Right. My mother was a police officer. My father was a police officer. Okay. My brother was a police officer. <laughs> yeah. My uncles were police officers. Right. And then the other half of my family mm-hmm. were either, so usually the cops mm-hmm. or criminals. Okay. Everybody else in my family. <laughs> everybody else right. in my family, they was on the other side of the law. Right? Okay. Yeah. And, um... You know, but my neighborhood, everybody was post office workers. They were, mm-hmm. you know, police officers. They were blue collar people, mm-hmm. right? And so I didn't get the exposure of real estate from the community I grew up in. Right. But I will tell you where I did get my first level of exposure from. Watching Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. Dude, I remember that show. <laughs> I remember that show. Now, this is before, e- this yeah. is before MTV Cribs, right? Right, right, right. This right, is right, right, Saturdays, right, right. I think on like Channel 7 or something. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Lifestyles of Rich and Famous. Uh-huh. I used to notice that. 
you know, I used to see in my community where it seemed like everybody used to always be arguing and, mm-hmm. and, and everybody seemed mad, right? right? They seemed mad. Even people that had jobs and they talk good about their jobs, yeah. they'll still mm-hmm. be looking mad when they got home from work. And right, I'm like, right, why right. are you talking about this job all the time? You're like, oh yeah. man, I love the police. But then yeah. you come home and you're mad all the time. Right. Uh-huh. But then I would look on Lifestyles of Rich and Famous and I would just see the kids looking at their parents and they just looking at the dead come home and, and, and it's just like you know it's just like dead and then, and then they would look at their mom and uh-huh. you know and the dad would look back at the kid and the kid would be in these little plaid outfits you know what I'm saying <laughs> little necktie yeah, right. and I'm like my, my, my school clothes don't look like that Yeah, you know I'm right. coming home and my dad he, he mad cause he got uh, overlooked for promotion. Right. You know, he took the promotional sergeant's test and got overlooked. Right. My mother working mm-hmm. at Cook County Jail. Mm-hmm. And she looking like she just mad. My mother was looking like she was actually in jail. Right. Matter of fact, when my mother retired from mm-hmm. Cook County Jail, right. she said it felt like she did a 20-year prison sentence. Wow. And so wow. I was just That's like, yeah. lifestyles of the rich and famous, it was just a different kind of life. Everything just seemed happy. And I always said that I wanted my life to be like that. Right. Now... I feel the same way, cause like the, you know, well, our father, Chicago police, so right. there goes wow, the wow, right? Man. We from the South Side. In okay. fact, when he you listens, this he gonna be like, yeah. then my kids became firefighters, right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. But you know, my dad saying, told me to become a firefighter. Though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he said firefighters had it made. Yeah. You know? uh, uh, so, yeah, we do. Yeah. Right, no, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but no, we got these, we got these similarities, yeah, and, yeah. and that's what, 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 what struck me. Um, about you know watching your you on social media and and just how passionate you are when you when you're telling mm-hmm. your stories. So um, you know, so you get into into this profession and so you work in a nine to five like like mm-hmm. most people do. But yeah. you, when did you buy your first piece of real estate? Man, I bought my first piece of real estate. It was the same year I became a police officer. Right, mm-hmm. and so and I could backtrack a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. So beforehand, you know, I was playing football, okay. right? So right. Mm-hmm. I didn't never think like, oh, I'm gonna grow up and be a police officer. That mm-hmm. wasn't nothing in my mind. I was trying to get far as way as possible mm-hmm. from that blue collar life, right. which was nothing. It put food on my table, right. you know, mm-hmm. but I just wanted more. Right. I always, I didn't like being told no as a kid. Right. Yeah. You know, we would go to the White Sox stadium to watch the White Sox play. And I remember trying to get like a a, a cheeseburger, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and my dad would be like, "Oh, here it is. You want to get cheese on your burger? No, you gonna take this little burger, <laughs> this little ninety nine cent burger. Yeah. Cheese is an extra twenty cent." Yeah. I'm like, you know, but when you got four kids and you only making a certain amount of money, right? Every dollar count, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and so I just said I wanted more for my life, right? Mm-hmm. And so I was gonna play football. I always saw Deion Sanders, Bo Jackson, yeah. and I said, okay. Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous, boom, Bo Jackson, Deion Sanders. Right, I'm right. going to get that kind of lifestyle. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I was going to play football to get it. I didn't make it, right? I mm-hmm. played football at Bogan. Mm-hmm. I was all state, one of the top in the country, state of Illinois. Right. Got a scholarship, went to Western Illinois, playing Division One ball. Okay. And then all my friends around me was getting drafted. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. it got to my senior year, and I had a couple injuries. And I was just thinking that I was still going to get drafted. And like so many other people, only 1% make it to the NFL. Right. Yeah. So the other, where's the other 99%? You know? Right. And at that point, I didn't make it, and I didn't know what I was going to do. I was suffering from what I call, you know, PTSD, post-traumatic sports disorder. Post-traumatic sports disorder. That's, it's a real thing. Yeah, it's real. It's a real thing. Just yeah. think about me. Look at y'all. Look at the yeah. three of us right now. Right. right. You, you ask us all the time. Hey, you play football? Hey, 
Chicago Bears right here. This is the starting defensive line right here. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, uh-huh. here it is now. We all play ball. And it's like, man, what, you're not playing no more. What you going to do now? Right. Here yeah. it is. You stand yeah. at six foot three, 230 pounds. And everywhere I went, people was always asking me, like, who you play for? Right. Even my grandmother. I used to go visit my grandmother on the weekends, and my grandma mm-hmm. still be saying, you know, I was only playing football no more. And she'd be like, hey, baby, did, did, you know, did you get drafted? She was still asking me, did I get drafted? She was still yeah. asking me, did I make it? And, and it, it hurts yeah. every time. And it hurts. And so yeah. I was suffering mm-hmm. from PTSD, post-traumatic sports disorder, right. and I didn't know what I was going to do with my life. I lost mm-hmm. my identity. Mm-hmm. I was just, I, I, so I took what was familiar to me. Right. I took the first thing that came about, right. which was the police. Why? Because my mother was a cop, my father was a cop, my brother was a cop. I didn't want to be a criminal, mm-hmm. so I said, "All right, cool. I'm gonna just be a cop." Right, right. So, right. as being a cop, man, I said, "I need to. I want to still have that lifestyle." Just because I'm a police officer, mm-hmm. though, doesn't mean that I can't still live a certain kind of way. Right. Mm-hmm. And then that's when I just, you know, now it goes back to as far as real estate. I got in contact with a friend of mine, right, mm-hmm. and uh, his uncle was a big time real estate investor in Chicago. Right. And mm-hmm. I saw how he was living. Funny story, y'all could understand this because you're from Chicago. Mm-hmm. He took me over to Br- in Bronzeville, right. and this was probably about 20 years ago. Oh, so, so before they started putting oh, that money in there. Oh, right. and my friend, he was from Detroit, mm-hmm. and so he was like, yeah, "Hey, he my took uncle, you, he took you to the low end." Oh, he took me to the low end. He said, he said <laughs> "Hey, but well, he said my uncle got a mansion, man, in Chicago." Yeah. He was like, "Hey, uh-huh. man, I want to take you to his mansion." I was like, "Oh, really?" I was like, "Man, where's it at?" Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Oh, man, it's on uh, 40th and King Drive." I was like, no, bro. (laughs) (laughs) And so when he took me to that house, Mm -hmm. we're on the front porch, big old Greystone, right? And, you know, he... You know, he pushed the button or whatever. The uncle buzzes in. And I'm sitting at this point nervous. You know, projects was right there before they got knocked down. Mm -hmm. And the second we walked into that building, it was something I've never seen before, bro. Oh, because he, he, he renovated. Oh, he renovated. He was in Bronzeville renovating properties. So he was one of the first. To get he was in one it. of the first. Uh-huh. He was a developer. Right. Yeah. And then, man, I'm talking about 15-foot ceilings. I'm talking about marble everywhere. Yeah. It was just this huge mansion. I remember seeing his uncle, and he always papers on his office desk. And I said, man, what do you do for a living? And he was like, I'm in real estate. That's when the light bulb went off in my head. Man, what Just is like that. Oh, this was in 2000. Not, yeah, 2000. About 2000? Yeah, this okay. was in 2000. Okay. And then what happened was I looked at him, right? And then he had his daughter over there. Mm-hmm. And I remember his daughter came running over there. She was like, hey, Dad, you know, I love you. And she had that. And then all of a sudden, something went up in my head. Like the TV and I was show. Like, I said, oh, man, lifestyles of the rich and famous. And yeah. then I said, okay, cool, real estate. Uh-huh. So this is how I got in real estate. Right. And mm-hmm. I went and talked to him. And uh, he introduced me to my real estate broker that I have today. Mm. And um, and but what I did, I remember saying that I told my real estate broker I want a house just like this. Mm-hmm. Right here it is. I'm right. a rookie of the police department, making thirty six thousand dollars at the time. Right. Yeah. And I told her I want a house like that. And then she said, "All right, cool. Well, we're gonna go take a look at some houses." She said, "Bring your income. Tell me how much income you make." I said, "Man, I make thirty six thousand dollars with benefits." And then she was looking at me like, oh, "Okay, all right." <laughs> and she didn't want to hurt my dreams, right? Yeah, right so she right, went right, ahead right. and she said, "Um, all right, I'm gonna take you around, go look at properties." Yeah. So we went looking at properties at Hyde Park. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. here's uh, you know, Muhammad Ali's old house over here. Yeah, and right, I'm, like, oh, right, you, right, I'm right. like, "You the best real estate broker ever." I'm like, "I want a house just like this." And then she's like, "Okay, cool. Let me take you to a couple more." Mm-hmm. And then we drove up and down King Drive. And then I was like, "Yeah, I want that one." And then she's like, "Okay, good, good." Then she said, "All right, I got like three more places I'm gonna take you to." And I said, "All right." So then she took me to Inglewood. Right. And while we was driving from Bronzeville to Inglewood, mm-hmm. I'm like, whoa, whoa, it's looking different now. Yeah. You know, I'm yeah. like, I want right. those houses over there. Yeah. And then she said, she took me to Inglewood and then took me out the car. And she said, all right, you know the houses that you want? Mm-hmm. And I said, yeah. 
She said, okay, you can't afford that with the income that you have. Right. But mm -hmm. if you buy some of these properties, these multi-units, right. you go ahead, put some TLC into it, mm -hmm. fix them up, right. and then rent them out. Right. The net cash flow from those properties now, you can use that money to now live in one of these. Dude, That's light bulb, light bulb went off. I knew it. And that was the start. That's a big, yeah. that's a big <laughs> epiphany because that's exactly how I started. I started with a, a three-unit building yeah. that I bought uh, FHA mm -hmm. and then I refinanced to conventional. Okay. And then I bought another three-unit yep. FHA. Yep. You know see what I'm saying? And, and because you can use the income from your rentals towards your actual income, now right. now, now I can afford- Your buy power just goes up. A three, $400,000, you know, mm -hmm. yeah. going with my my city income. Right, yes. As exactly. a firefighter. So this is what's crucial, because what all mm -hmm. of us doing, I mean, that's what this, what this podcast is all about. Mm. A lot of times there's no realtor to take somebody on a ride around the city right. and actually give them that vision and show them what's, what's possible. But mm -hmm. this podcast, you're riding in your car right now, you listening to this, Go ahead and you ride around and find the neighborhoods next that are closest to you. And, you know, and you start to figure out what you can afford right now so that you can because everybody starts somewhere. It's not you don't have to wait until you have a six figure income. You just got to you got to start wherever you are. And, you know, the thing about it, we used to do this thing and my wife and I. So even in the Make Real Estate Real course, right, we talk mm -hmm. about the current cost of you. Yeah. And then we talk about the future cost of you. Right. Right. So I look at real estate as a vehicle. That's all it is. Every single property is right. nothing more than a vehicle, right? So, right, I, right? so I have a thing where I tell people, you know, purchase a property for every purpose you have, right? So I have a purpose for every property. right? So I don't even look at properties as properties. Mm -hmm. Every time I drive down the streets of Chicago, every single property is a purpose and it serves a purpose in our life. Right. This is how I was able to to live this this lifestyle of the rich and famous lifestyle while being a cop while working a nine to five. Mm -hmm. So right. we bought a building to cover my kids' uh, college. I mean, excuse me, grammar school tuition. Okay. Right, my kids okay. go to private school. They go to Morgan right. Park Academy. Okay. Go to private school. Mm -hmm. Costs a lot of money. We have properties that cover that. Right. We have properties that cover our house note. We got properties that mm -hmm. cover our our kids' college tuition when they get to college. Right. Mm -hmm. And so we bought enough real estate to cover our current costs, right? right. And then we created that future cost. Right. So we, so you was talking about just looking at properties. My wife and I, before we could afford to live in an 18,000 square foot home, mm -hmm. we would walk the neighborhood of the the areas that had the 18,000 square foot homes. Right. We would go get a real estate broker and see how much those houses cost. Mm -hmm. We would literally... Mm -hmm. Like, figure it out how much that monthly mortgage would be, and right. then we went after properties. I still kept that same system. We'd go mm -hmm. out to properties in Inglewood, in Washington Park, in other areas, and then yeah. we would buy properties just so that we could receive the net income right. and then live the way we want to live. So we created this whole lifestyle right. based off of just buying properties, one property at a time. Man, yes, man. That's big, man. That's huge. That's big. It's huge. Oh man, I hope y'all listen. Hey, rewind that if you just need it, like to get pumped up or get some inspiration. Rewind yes. and listen to that all over again. This is all of our story. Yeah. His story is our story, and it can be your story. And that's the reason why we are back in 2021. Yes, doing homecoming with the Downer Brothers. So you know what? Let's take a break real quick because <laughs> I want to get to Anton's definition of the day. It's time for Anton's definition of the day. The definition of the day is passive income. Passive income is earned income that you get while you're sleeping, while you're simply breathing. It is income 
that you get, whether it's from real estate or a business that you own, then you don't have to be there. Today, we're going to be talking about passive income because everybody on this episode owns apartment buildings and it is an income that we get whether we're there or not. So I really love that definition. Um, passive income is is everything. I mean, it, it you, everyone should start with passive income, in my opinion, right? right so when we right, buy property, right. there's two things that we consider. And, mm -hmm. and you can tell us how you, your strategy too. Yep. But when we're considering properties with considering mm -hmm. equity and we're considering um, you know, cash flow. The, if we can get properties to give us both equity and cash flow, we mm -hmm. call that a home run. And the, the, the cash flow is important because that's what gives us the ability to buy more properties in combination with our nine to five, quote unquote, nine to five. So right. um, we're we kind of hammering that over and over and over again because mm -hmm. we want you to walk away from this episode considering buying properties that are going to increase your cash flow that are going to give you passive income, money that you make when you're not actually there, and, and so that you can improve the quality of your life. Because uh, Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous is all about quality of life. Oh, yeah. seriously. Quality of life. So, you know, tell us, can you give us one deal? Give us, like, give us, give, you know, we want the audience to get some numbers. Mm -hmm. Can you give us one deal that you remember? It doesn't matter which one. Yep. And just give us some numbers. You bought a property for this much. You yeah, put this I, much into yeah, that's it. That's easy. I'll give you my first deal. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> My first, first deal. deal. You never yeah. forget. Let's go first. back. You never Let's forget go back. your first. <laughs> right. You know, so my first deal. Uh, man, it was mm -hmm. on uh, Garfield Boulevard, okay. right? Uh, it was a four-unit apartment building. Okay. I bought that property for one hundred twenty-five thousand okay. um, dollars. Mm -hmm. It only needed twenty-five thousand dollars of rehab costs. It only needed. Okay. I got it from a person who had this building was in the family for like over fifty years. They they kept it up. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. Like I said, so this property had three bedrooms in each unit. So each apartment, mm -hmm. excuse me, had three bedrooms in right. it. Um, so my friend, the same guy who I told you about, who exposed me to my real estate broker, he mm -hmm. did the renovation work for me. Okay. And so it was only $25,000. I was into the property for $150,000. Mm -hmm. The net, I mean, the CAD, the gross rents came in at $4,000. Right. Right. My interest rate was super low at the time. Mm -hmm. I only had to pay, it was like a little bit of $1,000 mm -hmm. for a mortgage. So I almost netted $3,000 a month on my first deal. Keep in mind. I was a Chicago police officer making yeah. $36,000. I'm making $1,200 every two weeks. Right. $1,200 mm -hmm. every two weeks. And here it is. I'm netting $3,000 off my first, first deal. Now, here you're talking about passive income, right? Yeah. Right. Now, the reason why passive income was so important for me at the time is mm -hmm. because right before that happened, right mm -hmm. before I bought my first building, I got into a shooting. As a rookie, oh. I had a 16-year-old kid that we were just speaking to about a traffic violation. Yeah. Um, he pushed me, took off running. I went after him. And I'm not going to get into the whole story, but I chased him. And it was, at, it was at nighttime. The kid jumps up on top of the fence. And I went to go pull the kid off the fence with the barbed wire. He points a gun at me. Mm -hmm. And I grabbed the gun. And in a split second, he held the trigger down. Mm -hmm. Bullets started running over my head. I almost lost my life while working. <sighs> Only this is the second month on the job. <laughs> Two months. So the thing about it is, is that here it is. One minute I'm thinking about play football, right, in the NFL. Yeah. Next minute I'm a police officer. Didn't want to do that job. Mm -hmm. But now all of a sudden, I'm fighting for my life. And then the only thing I could remember was that what would happen to my family yeah. if yeah. I got killed? Right. If I got injured, if I lost my job, what would happen to my family? Right. Here it is. We built a lifestyle. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. We got whether, even though it wasn't like the lifestyles of rich and famous starting out, yeah. we still had a lifestyle. Right. We had car mm -hmm. note. You know, we had a house note. What would have happened to my wife if I got killed that day? So 
Mm-hmm. What was important for me, that's when I started talking about that, have a property for every, pro- I mean, excuse me, have a purpose for mm-hmm. every property you purchase. Right. Right. So now it was like, okay, just because if something happens to me, if something happens to me, if I get killed in the line of duty, mm-hmm. my, my children's dreams shouldn't go in the grave with me. Right. My wife shouldn't have to get evicted off the house. Right, right. And so that passive income was important for me because it was saying that if anything happened to me, I want to be able to make sure that my family can still maintain the lifestyle that we've created right. passively. Right. And the only way to do that, see, I know a lot of friends of mine, they work in several jobs, right? A lot of right. police officers, firemen and police officers. Yeah. We yeah. have more part-time jobs than any other right. nine-to-five right. job out there. Yeah, you, exactly. you know, and it's so crazy because we call them part-time jobs, mm-hmm. but they're really full-time jobs. We right. work them for the next 20 years of our career, right. and then mm-hmm. we work them for four to eight hours after we get off an eight-hour shift. Right. That's a, and we call it part-time, but it's really a full-time. Mm-hmm. And then they make all this money, and then after a while, your lifestyle starts depending on your part-time jobs. Right. So now, mm-hmm. when that part-time job says, okay, we're done with you, officer, now what happens to the bills that you have? Right. You know, when right, the police right. department says, hey, we're downsizing, mm-hmm. or hey, you hit 63, mandatory retirement age, right. what happens to those bills that you have? Exactly. Right. So it was important for me to always create mm-hmm. passive income. So like I said, I don't look at properties just for properties. I look at them like everyone has a purpose and this property fulfills that purpose in my family's life. And mm-hmm. if anything happens to me, mm-hmm. the purpose that my family is living can still continue. Right. So I always said that any man, any man or woman, if you really love your loved ones, if you really love right. your family, you will make sure that they're taken care of in life or in death. Yes. And exactly. so that's what passive income meant to me. And right. that's why that first deal was so important because, mm-hmm. you know, once I was bringing in that $3,000 a month, you know, my, my, my liabilities was only $5,000. And so we was $2,000 away mm-hmm. from actually living the type of life, living for free pretty much and not right. depending on the police department. Mm-hmm. Right. And in that way, if anything happened to me, my wife would be all right. She know that she could continue to get this. My children would right. be all right. Right. Man, I'm going to tell you, man, like, like for, for my first deal, mm-hmm. it was a three-unit building. My income from that building was generally around a thousand dollars. Yeah. Um, like um, profit wise, you know, every once in a while something went wrong. Like, oh, the boiler went out. Yeah. You know, and that took out like ten thousand dollars from my income for the year for me. But it still made me feel like, okay, I need to get this next building mm-hmm. because if if you get content mm-hmm. and then something major happens, then it's you you got to keep pushing forward. And for the people that are watching this, man, I'm still a firefighter. Yes, we have a TV show. You know, yes, we have a couple of buildings, but you have to make sure that you you have to make sure you're at a certain level of lifestyle before you quit your job. Come on, say right, yeah, right. Yeah. Now, you know what? Let's yeah. talk. Let's talk about this. So there's one thing, there's an interesting trend that I've been seeing on social media, and it's this mm-hmm. whole glorification of people who no longer have to work a job, or they want to hurry up, I did X, Y, and Z, and now I don't work a job again. Right. Well, you know, there's a lot of stuff that gets left out, and the question that I was, you know, will pose to people is, um, do you have enough passive income that you can truly walk away from your job and live comfortably? Yeah. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Don't be so quick to try and be the next star that says, that puts out a, you know, 
uh, a real cool Instagram post or a Twitter post talking about how they just left everything and I, you know, I got this business or whatever. <laughs> or I got a mariachi band to come to me to, to the job <laughs> so I can quit in style. Yeah, yeah, people, yeah. People do stuff Somebody did that? Yeah. Oh, I saw oh, that. Yeah. I think it was, they was, wasn't that Popeye's? Anyway, <laughs> all I know is people do the most for Instagram mm. for likes. And what we're talking about is re like reality. And the reality is, mm -hmm. is that you have to be consistent. The reality is, is that you have to have a plan. Yep. The reality yes. is, is that you have to do things for the long term. And then beyond real estate, these other things we haven't talked about yet. Mm -hmm. Insurance, meaning like, you know, whole life insurance, uh, term life insurance. Um, having a, a diversity in your portfolio, yeah. mm -hmm. whether it's the different types of properties that you own, because there's residential, there's commercial, you got uh, retail, you know, you can rent to uh, residential tenants or you can rent to business owners. There's all, so you can diversify so that when things like a pandemic come along, you're yeah. not hurt when you get cut, if, if one industry or one entire wing of what you do gets cut off. Mm -hmm. And so are you truly ready? Right. You know, just to just to leave it all behind, to be able to get, you know, do some real fancy post with a mm -hmm. mariachi. What kind of band is it called? I said a mariachi. Mariachi. Well, let me tell you. You know, I, I I'm prime example. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I kept my job mm -hmm. even though I got into shootings, even mm -hmm. though all of this stuff. Working in Chicago, the streets of Chicago, Chicago and you right. guys already know I did it for 20 years. Yeah. You know, I did not. I got a book, Nine to Five Millionaire. Don't quit your day job. Mm -hmm. Don't quit it. You know, mm -hmm. now, what, the thing about it is, is that, and you talked about Instagram, a lot of these people that's out here, what I'm seeing on social media, yeah. you know, when they get a little bit of money, I say right. you're rich, mm -hmm. but you're not wealthy. Right. You're not wealthy. Right. Let's talk. Yeah, it's oh, it's, yeah. And so the thing oh, is, yeah. is that I always wanted to become wealthy. And I felt like, okay, even though I made a million dollars in real estate, I still wasn't wealthy. Mm -hmm. I could lose that million dollars quick as it came. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. I'm like, look, I'm going to continue to do this. Every million, right. every multimillionaire or wealth, if you look at some of the most wealthiest people in the world, they have mm -hmm. more than one stream of income. Matter right. of fact, a lot right. of times it's seven streams of income. Right. And so your job is a stream of income. Now, my job might be the lowest stream of income, mm -hmm. right? When I look at real estate, I look at um, I own a security company, I own a chain of daycare centers. Mm -hmm. um, I own a number one real estate course in the country right now. Mm -hmm. I speak. That's I have big. all these different streams of income, right. right? But I still was a police officer at the time. Yeah. You yeah. know, like I said, yeah. I look at every stream of income like vehicles. You know, because when I was trying to play football, right? Mm -hmm. You know, I got the reason why I was suffering from PTSD is because I made football my identity. Right. Mm -hmm. I was I, I jumped into the, the mindset that I'm only a football player. But then when I was able to say, no, this was nothing but a vehicle. Right. Right. And I can have several vehicles. So I don't right. fall in love with the vehicle anymore. I fall in love with the destination. Yes. Ah. Yes. And so you got yes. all of these different vehicles in a garage. Right. right. Some of these people that's mm -hmm. on the IG, they yeah. got four or five vehicles in their garage, mm -hmm. but they only got one stream of income. Mm -hmm. I'd rather have four or five stream of incomes with one vehicle. <laughs> or at least, or at least, be renting all those vehicles out, man. It's just, <laughs> something, you know. Yeah. You know, it's just that you know. So you know, somebody that's listening to this right now, mm -hmm. that job that you have, it is a stream of income. It's a vehicle, and don't get me wrong. Once real estate took off, you know, real estate was my Cadillac Escalade. I like to say, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. uh, my security company that was my 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 money train, right? Yeah, right. And then we had the um, daycare centers that was like a jet. 
And then now that I'm speaking and got my online platform, that's like a rocket ship. So then at that point, I got rid of my police job, which was my Toyota Camry, right? That was the dependable vehicle that started no matter what. But that's how you got to look at it. You got to look at all of these things are just vehicles to help you get to the destination. But first, you have to decide on what you want in life. Y'all take a breath. I'm just like, y'all need to take a breath out there, man. Take a breath out there and listen to this. Yeah. So, Battle Brothers had the same mentality. Wow. We got the same mentality. We, people ask us all the time, when y'all gonna quit? I'm not quitting anything. All the time. We're not quitting anything. We got, we got, you know, obviously you listen to the podcast. We got the, you know, got the fire department, got the book, Mm -hmm. got merchandise. Now we get paid to, to, to speak at universities. Um, and we have a, a TV show, Backyard Bar Wars on True TV. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm not quitting anything. I want all of it. Yeah. I want all of it because yeah. I because I, I don't yeah. feel like I'm, I'm far, far enough along. You're not about to see me do a gimmick and, and come in with a band talking about I'm quitting at the firehouse. I'm not. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because I need. I want all of it. Yeah. yeah. I want all of it, and I want you all to go out there and mm-hmm. get all of it and have a solid plan and be consistent. And uh, you know. Stick to your day job. Now, look, man, I want to keep it real. Like, every time, like, one of our co-workers dies in the line of duty, I do look in the mirror and be like, man, how long am I going to keep rolling this dice? But I also know that it's my largest stream of income. It's a six-figure job for risking my life. So, at some point, I'm going to give it up. You know, but we have to make sure that we set up the entire plan. All the way through. All the way through. So, no gimmicks. Mm-hmm. Keep it real. And uh, I think you and, say this all the time. And you got to ask yourself, who yeah. are you doing this for? Yeah. You yeah. know, I, I, yeah. I, I, I look at this thing, man, and I'm going to just be real. I look at this thing like I'm not running the sprint, right? Mm-hmm. I say Instagram, a lot of these mm-hmm. people out here, they're running sprints. Yeah. And I don't never trip on them, right? Mm-hmm. I'm like, bro, you running your race. You, mm-hmm. you a sprinter. Yeah. I'm a marathon runner. Mm-hmm. I'm a marathon runner. I'm not running this yeah. race just for myself. Yeah. Right. I'm running this race for generations to come. Right. And when you're running this race for generations to come, you don't come out the blocks just running as fast as you can go. You pace yourself. Right. You pace yourself. Why do you pace yourself? Because you understand at the mile number one come mile number two. At the mm-hmm. mile number two come mile number three. Right. You're in this for the long oh, run. Yeah. So yeah. for all you sprinters out there, I'm not tripping. Run your race. Do what you do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, but for us... You know, and I like to think that wealth, you know, creating real wealth is is, is like the marathon mentality. And um, like I said, I'm doing this for my children. That's why I kept my job. Even when I wasn't even living on my police income anymore, I right. would take my checks and I would invest them in each one of my children's investment accounts. Mm-hmm. Right. My whole police, I haven't lived on my police salary probably 10 years into the job. Mm-hmm. So I did 20 years, 10, the first 10 years, maybe. The last yeah. 10 years, I did not touch a check. It went to my children's investment accounts. So, that's big, man. Yo, that's hard. Mm-hmm. We do this for our last name. Absolutely. Downing Brothers, the name Downing, our last name, is on everything that we do. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's for children that you know haven't even been born yet. Nice. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it's for us to be able to support, um, you know, uh, basically lay a foundation so that it's easier for everybody coming behind us. Yeah. You know, and that's and and so I think that would resonate with some of you listening. That, you, that all the work that you're doing right now, at the end of the day, man, it's for it's for for our family and it's for the love. It's not about you know trying to get a fancy car or fancy this, fancy that. It's about legacy. Mm. 
And so, um, hey, but if there's a woman out there that wants to make him an honest man and help him out with the whole family issue situation, right. let us know. We go. All right, so we, 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 we might have to edit that. All right. So this is homecoming with the Downer Brothers. So we always ask this question of all our guests. Yeah. What does the word homecoming mean to you? When you hear that word homecoming, what does that mean to you? Mm, homecoming. All right, so I played football, right? Yeah. I played football and I pledged in a fraternity, right? Okay. I played in South Fi okay. at West Illinois University. All right. And so homecoming means, you know, like, hey, we're about to celebrate you know, those that came through here, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. we're about to, we're about to um, celebrate and we're about to lay the foundation for the people that laid the foundation. Mm-hmm. You know, we're about to give them a place to come back to. Right. And, and, and kind of like, you know, we're going to, they, they set it out for us. And so now we're going to set it out for them. So homecoming mm-hmm. in my mindset is kind of like coming back to a place um, that you once belonged to. Yeah. Well, I like that. I like that. I didn't know you agree either. Like, yeah, yeah, we pledge as well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, we yeah. pledge Iota Phi Theta. Nice. At University of Illinois Urbana-Champaign. What's next for you, personally mm. or professionally? What's next for you? Yeah. Um, man, I'm going to just continue walking in purpose. You know, I think in the beginning, if you would ask me that question probably about two years ago, I would have said, you know, I want to get over 1,000 units. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I want to open up more businesses, things like that. Now, I have reach thousands of people. You know, I right. have helped thousands of people. And let me yes. tell you something. Mm-hmm. I went from renovating properties right. to renovating people. I like I that. went from gutting out their mindsets yeah. on that I got to work this job for the next 30 years and then let this company take care of me. That's to right. now all of a sudden now giving them hope and letting uh-huh. them know that you don't have to wait until you retire and you turn 60 years old to live this type of life. You can live it right now while still working that job. So every time mm-hmm. I talk to someone and I see them now, they're able to send their kids to the best private schools. Yeah. Every time I'm able to talk to yeah. somebody and now they're able to, 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 to now move into a certain community mm-hmm. or live this dream life or mm-hmm. just travel. Something simple is just going traveling every six months or something like that. Right. You know, I'm like, man, I did my job. That feels so much better than right. it did as far as... Now, don't get me wrong. I'm still buying man. properties. I bought 16, 19 properties in the last... Uh, let's say about 13 months. Okay. You know, I'm still taking mm. advantage of this economy. But right now, mm-hmm. I am walking in purpose, man. Just traveling the world, speaking. Uh, one of my goals, you know, I mean, just from exposure, I always say your level of exposure will determine your level of success. Mm-hmm. Your level of exposure will determine your level, level of success. success. Here that's, it is. Yeah, Eric Thomas, the number one motivational speaker in the world. Yeah. Never bought any real estate other than the house he lived in, right? Mm-hmm. Once he connected with me, now he's bought over 20 properties in the last year. Wow. Here it is. Big, this yeah. police officer. Yeah. Never spoke before, right? Yeah. Never spoke. <laughs> well, because I'm connected to Eric Thomas now, uh-huh. I've been traveling the world. I'm an international speaker now. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, so mm-hmm. the level of exposure. So I just want to keep getting exposed. Yeah. I just want to keep giving exposure. Right. You know, it's a yes, two-way yes, street. Yes, yes. And, uh, man, just continue to see what God got for me, man. Like I said, my life has been a story, bro. It's been a crazy blessing. And the crazy part about it is, is that the foundation of it, it all started with real estate. That's why... I'm so even though real estate is just a vehicle, I'm just so passionate about it because it all started. I say this all the time that one man's obedience is connected to so many other people's destiny. Here it is. I never knew that when I was riding around in the squad car, riding mm-hmm. with my real estate broker, and I went looking at these properties, that this one property would now touch hundreds of thousands of people across the world. 
Just one. Just, just one, bro. Yes. That's why I tell people, you got to get started. You right. got to get started. Get in the game. Get yeah. the right information, of course, right? Right. Uh-huh. The right information. And once you got the right information, go out there and just get started. You never know who's waiting on your obedience, who's waiting on you right. to do what you do so they can get exposed and do what they're supposed to do in life. Well, you said a word right I, there, I man. I felt that. I felt that. I felt that. All right. So, all right. One, one more thing we need from you. Yep. We ask every homecoming guest. Mm-hmm. Is there a charitable organization that you support and want other people to know about? Oh, absolutely, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, just talking about Eric Thomas a second ago. He mm-hmm. has a or a, a not-for-profit. It's called School Days. Okay. School uh, days. Yeah, it's called School Days. Where he goes into inner-city um, schools and give them different resources that they normally wouldn't have. Mm-hmm. You know, you okay. got a lot of kids in you know Chicago. You know, some kids are sharing books. You know, right. you take the yeah. book home to home on Monday. I take the book home on Tuesday. Right, I mean, right, literally, right. kids are sharing in this day and books age. in this day and age, man. Right. In this day and age. And so Eric Thomas uh, created what's called School Days. And, you know, I'll give you the, the actual website right now. Mm-hmm. It's actually called schooldayswithet.com. You okay. can go there. Okay. You could donate. You could check it out and see what it's all about. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that's definitely an organization, a charitable organization that I support because I know Eric Thomas. I know his heart. I know how he just has a love for people, man, a love for the children, a love for the youth, and he's giving back to the community. So that's, that's awesome. uh, schooldayswithet.com. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. Shout out to Shout Eric out to Thomas. Yeah, man. We actually uh, have a collaboration with him coming out real soon. We can't mm-hmm. wait for you all to, to check that out. Um, all right, so where can people find more information about you and the programs that you do? Yeah. And also, you got a book. Please tell them about the book. No, yeah. no. I, Actually, I think the second book, that's, isn't that what you're promoting right now? No, nah, this is my first book. Oh, this is your first book. This is my first Yeah, this is my Yeah, so tell, tell them about the book. Yeah, so the book is called Nine to Five Millionaire, mm-hmm. Don't Quit Your Day Job. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's going through my life story, and it has so many different principles attached to it. Just how you can transition from a nine to five job to becoming a millionaire. Or to live in the type of life that you want to live. Not everybody want to be a millionaire, right? Right. And mm-hmm. so I didn't even know I was going to be a millionaire. I didn't even know I was a millionaire. Actually, I went to the bank to get a loan. And he told me to bring my portfolio. <laughs> and I didn't know what a portfolio was. Yeah. I was just buying properties. And I went there full uniform. Mm-hmm. I went to the bank. LaSalle Bank on 79th in Halstead. Never forget. And I sat there. And he looked at my portfolio. And he said, wow. He just calling me Officer King the whole time. Yeah. And then after he looked at the portfolio, he looked down and looked up at me. And then he called me Mr. King. And then he said, Mr. King, I didn't, he's like, I didn't know you were a millionaire. And I said, I didn't know I'm a millionaire either. <laughs> I remember looking at my, oh, I was in full uniform. I didn't, look, I looked, at, I looked at my uniform. Yeah. I stood, and I, just, I was working midnights. I still had like mm-hmm. ketchup on my shirt and everything. And I looked at myself, I said, I'm a millionaire? And he said, yeah. yeah that's you, awesome. You have a net worth of 1.6 million. I was 26 years old. And then once I understood what that meant, mm-hmm. then I went aggressively after yeah. building my right. net worth. Right, right. And this book breaks down the whole um, step-by-step pattern of when I first started to all you know all the way throughout to where I am today. And so it's called um, 9 to 5 million. You can go to 9 to 5 millionaire.com okay. and you can actually mm. check out the book. And then um, we also got Make Real Estate Real. Okay. That's one of the number one real estate online platforms in the country. Um, it just started a year and a half ago and we already have over 7,000 people. You can go yeah. to makerealestatereal.com okay. and this is how you can learn about you know, how to how I did it, how I bought a, perp- a property uh, for every uh, purpose that I have. Okay. You know, how I broke it all down and the system that I use is all in there. Uh, Instagram? 
Uh, Instagram, you can go to 9 to 5 Millionaire. At 9 to 5 Millionaire. All right. Mm-hmm. Cool. So, man, hey, we appreciate you. I've been wanting to get you on the podcast for a long time. And the timing finally, the schedule right, finally uh, right. worked out. Yep. Um, I, I can't wait for people to hear this story. Yeah. And uh, we're we going to make sure that as many people as possible get to it. Hey, I will say, mm-hmm. man, I'm, I'm super proud of you guys, man, what y'all doing, uh, what you guys are doing in the city. It's, it's something when I actually see, you know, another nine to five, right? Another, when I see, when I see two nine to five millionaires and, and you actually are working the same type of job, you know, mm-hmm. that I work and, um, and, you know, and you guys are able to do it, man. And then not just do it, but you know, what I really love about you guys is that you are not just holding information to yourself. And that's something that, right. you know, too many people it do. Is. You come across this life changing information then you want to hold it to yourself but you guys are spreading the good word. You're letting people know that, hey, you can do this too. And these are the practical steps to take to do this, man. So, And you're not selling them a dream. You're telling them, yeah. keep your job. Keep your job until you get to that point, man. So, man, big ups to you guys. Appreciate I'm proud that. of y'all, man. I know y'all a little bit younger than me. Not much, but just a little bit. I'm still trying to stay in shape, you know? I, I, yeah, you but, definitely in shape, man. But, no, man, I'm proud of y'all, man. Y'all keep going. I appreciate that. Yeah, I do too, man. And for all of you listening right now, please stick around for Anthony's After Set. You're now entering Anthony's After Set. Thank you for sticking around for Anthony's After Set. Well... We just had a really good party. And, you know, afterwards you wanna talk about what's next. And the one thing that I want for you all to have next is an opportunity to renovate your mindset. And when I say renovate your mindset, I mean, really think about where you're going with your life, your mentality, how you think, the actions that, that, ta- that take place after that. Like, why are you doing the things that you do? If there's a goal that you have and you're still doing the same things you've done your entire life, ask yourself, should I be changing what I'm doing so that I can get the goals that I'm after? A renovation is when we take something that is completely broken down, something that is in complete ruin, and we come in with labor, and we come in with new materials, and we come in and we completely fix things. What you need to do is to put in the labor for you to come with new materials and for you to fix things inside of your mind. Renovate your mindset. Do what it takes for you to change your life so that you can have exactly what you've been dreaming of. Thank you for coming to Anthony's After Seven. Homecoming.